to Maths Talk by AMC Schools, where conversations in maths become part of your professional learning. My name's Leanne McMahon, and full disclosure, today's guest is my sister, Paula McMahon. Thanks for joining us, Paula. Thank you for having me. Today, I wanted to talk about tutoring. So Paula's going to ask me a few questions from, I guess, a parental perspective. So... Off we go, Paul. Well, I'll give you a bit of background on myself. I know you know about me, Leanne, but the rest of the listening universe are probably all ears. <laughs> I am a nurse. I have three children, and I have to confess that none of them are confident with maths. They seem to develop a mindset really early on that they were no good at maths. Uh, I don't know how it happened. I was okay at maths at school, but they just felt that you know, they, they were no good at it. I would try and help them and I found that I frustrated them more than anything else. I would have to remember how to do things and spend a while going, oh, just give me time, give me time, you know, and then I would get it and go, oh, I've got it, start to explain it and go, oh, hang on, maybe that's not quite right. It was really frustrating for them. It has been shown that people who lack confidence in maths and especially, and I have heard you say early days before I taught you not to, (laughs) I'm not really a maths person. Yes. And the research has shown that people with that mindset can actually do more harm than good. I'm not saying that you've harmed your children in any way, shape or form, but uh, (laughs) possibly. Okay, I'll just get into therapy. (laughs) You need to get your mindset right. before you get on to your kids. This is where the tutoring does come in too. Yeah, that's right. I found it even my terminology was all wrong. And, you know, I was carrying things where I I don't know, I don't think we carry things anymore. I'm not sure. And and that's a (laughs) really good point. Maths hasn't changed in that there's still only nine units and then it becomes a 10 and then there's only nine tens and it becomes a hundred. So... Maths hasn't changed in that way, but we don't borrow and pay back mm. and that sort of thing. Now, one of the things, and I know we're getting off topic right from the start, but one <laughs> oh, of the that's things... That's unlike us, Leah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> one of the things that I have found very helpful when working with children is saying, this is the way that I was taught how to do it. Can you explain to me how you've been taught? And I can try and work out how that relates to what I've been taught. And that way we can explore it together. You had to dig down deep to actually remember because of course, when we were taught, it was all about remembering. Mm -hmm. The reason why we teach children conceptually these days is so that it becomes part of their being that they understand this maths. Maybe they can't spout out seven eights, but they know that seven sevens are 49 and another seven is 56. So the memory isn't so important. Yeah. Anyhow, it's a good thing to know that from early in primary school because I remember when my kids, my kids are older now, but when they were in primary school, I didn't know that we can do it different ways. Yeah. In my in my day, it was it's this way or the highway. That's and that's and exactly you, that's what we call a procedural way. This is mm. the procedure that you go through to find the correct answer. Yeah. Whereas now it's conceptual. You understand the concept, and however you get to that answer, as long as you actually get to it through some sort of understanding, that's okay. Excellent. Yeah. 
thing that I have found from probably secondary school onwards is that the general word on the street, the general word from parents is that if your kid isn't in being tutored, isn't having tutoring, then they're going to be behind. It's not enough to be taught maths at school. Is that correct? And how do you know? (laughs) That is not correct. While a good teacher is a huge factor in their understanding, they also need to be switched on in class and willing to ask questions when they need help. My very firm belief is that if a child listens in class, does the work that's required and asks when they need help, they don't need a tutor. I have found that... Oftentimes, the child doesn't know what to ask. They don't actually know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. Yeah. So how do you identify what it is they actually need to be asking? They actually need to look at their assessment tasks, their tests. They need to talk to their teachers. So when they get a test back, it's fairly obvious what they don't know. Let's say they get 60% for a test. Now, you know, some kids are going to say, yeah, I've got 60%. And you can listen to some of the old podcasts where I talk to Cass Lowry, where she says 60% means that they don't know 40% of the work. So then they go to their next test with that 40% still hanging. What that shows is that they haven't understood a good 40% of the work. And this is where the the really important work comes in. Once they have been assessed as still not knowing it, then it's really important to get to know it. So usually in class, the teacher will go through it. Mm -hmm. And I've been a teacher for a very, very long time. And I have gone through hundreds of tests in class. And I can tell you that less than half of the students in my class really take notice when I go through the test. I'm not a teacher, but I would absolutely agree because when I speak to my children and other parents, there doesn't seem to be, from the child's perspective, any follow-up. They don't seem to understand that they don't know that. They just think the test's gone. The test's passed. I I don't need to know that anymore. We're on to another topic. And that's something that has frustrated me for a very long time. Okay, you got 70, 75. That still means that there's a lot there that you need to learn to be really on top of this. Yes. But they don't seem to see that. It's a very old-fashioned concept, this I got 70% for my test, so I move on to the next thing. Mm. It's very old-fashioned, but believe me, it's something that is pervasive throughout schools. We taught this, we assessed it, this is the mark you got, move on. But you do, as teachers, go through those tests. Oh, Oh, good. That's good to know because I often ask. Yes. (laughs) Well, did you go through the test? Did you ask the question? You know, and I often hear... No, 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 we don't do that. Yeah. As teachers, and my listening audience is vastly teachers, that is good practice. We know you assess to find out what your students need to know. You then teach it, you assess to see if they've found it out, and then you make sure that anything that they missed in that assessment, they pick up. Something that we've learnt is that we need to keep teaching 
teaching and keep reinforcing this stuff. And it's called the process of interleaving where we might teach something new, but we remind them of something that we did three weeks ago. And we incorporate what we did three weeks ago into the new learning so that it is embedded into their conceptual understanding of mathematics. It really is a process. And so getting back to tutoring, if you just start bringing someone in from the outside, they're not going to have the same sort of impact that a teacher is going to have. So my short answer really is you don't need a tutor, but I will qualify that as I go along because there are ways that a tutor really can help. But you're not a bad parent, Paul, if you <laughs> haven't got your, your offspring a tutor. There are lots of things that you can do for your children without getting tutors, but there's more that I'll talk about on that. Okay. I know that COVID's thrown a real spanner in the works with all the kids, and I've heard Daniel Andrews talking about the uh, the tutor learning initiative. What exactly is it and, and how does it work? Okay. In Victoria, it is the tutor learning initiative. I believe that there, is, there are other tutoring programs in other states. It's basically a pot of money that has been used to employ tutors in schools, both primary and secondary, to basically catch kids up. Now, I'm fairly familiar with this because I've been doing a bit of tutoring myself. It's a fantastic program and it has just been extended for another year in Victoria. And the reason is that it has been found to be very successful. I would love to get my hands on that analysis because I'd really like to know what has been done that is successful. What part of the program is successful? So basically what it is, is tutors have been hired and in this case they are experienced teachers often retired teachers for me I'm a a teacher who has gone into teacher education and looks specifically at maths I go in to year seven to ten classes and work as a tutor do you work with the teacher or do you just know the program and yeah look I'm going to talk about that in a minute as to what actually happens in the classroom but basically what has happened that instead of say having a teacher's aide or an assistant working with the kids that really need help you've got a trained teacher or at the very least uh, someone who has done a bit of teacher training such as a pre-service teacher or, or someone like that and we are paid according to our experience level so you're getting quality teachers in a one-on-one to maybe one-to-five ratio. And as I said, Deloitte's have actually found that that's been quite successful. Now, the way that I work at the school that I've been working at, I am assigned to a class and I have been told the students within the class who could probably do with my assistance. Mm -hmm. That certainly has its advantages. But what I have found is that these students don't always ask for assistance. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Here's Leanne. She's in the class today. If you need any help, just ask her. 
I'm actually thinking of getting written on my mask. Please ask me for help. Do you need some help? How can I help you? Is there something that I can do to help? I now basically just say, oh, I can see you're doing this. Can you explain it to me? Mm. It's really difficult, especially like year 10s really don't want teachers <laughs> anywhere near them. And as you sort of alluded to before, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And the vast majority of students in that position, not only don't they know what they don't know, they are terrified you're going to find out that they don't know. And terrified that their friends will find out that mm. they don't know. That's right. I as you know, Leanne have a daughter who is deaf. So she has support teachers in the classroom and she just doesn't want them near her. It's putting a sign on her head saying, look at me, I'm disabled. Yeah. And I often find a lot of the people who've supported her don't actually know the subject. So the uh, thought- Hang on, hang on. Are you talking about teachers or no, are you no, talking no. about learning support the lawn- staff? Learning support staff. Yep. So I'm yep. saying that this sounds fantastic that they've actually got teachers supporting these people these kids who need help and i'm assuming you know you you sell yourself as a teacher not a oh absolutely not a we're called tutors but it is very well known that we are especially in the school that i'm in we're all very highly experienced and very very qualified teachers yeah i'm a math specialist i'm not asked to go into an english class whereas with someone who is receiving support at school they are usually receiving learning support from someone who might have been trained maybe as a teacher's aide maybe specifically in learning support but it might be in another area not necessarily in maths and any teachers listening who, who have worked with learning support teachers who are not trained in maths know how much damage oh, don't worry, I never knew how to do that, you know, and it hasn't hasn't upset me. We hear that, and I know this is off topic. I know this is not what I'm instructed to talk about, (laughs) but it's something that I'm really passionate about because, to me, people who are a bit behind or have a disability, they actually need a teacher teaching them, not somebody who's there to support I think the support person could be supporting the people around the room who actually do get what the teachers taught them yeah and to have trained teachers and that's why you know this learning initiative is actually really good because they are trained teachers to me this is the the great value of the of the tutor learning initiative do you think that maybe they might learn something from it and maybe put teachers in there that really know their stuff to support other kids in future, the, the kids with disabilities, kids who are have fallen behind. I would Please. really, I would yeah. really hope so. I, I think what's happening is while we're getting these fantastic results, and and um, you only have to look at the Victorian NAPLAN results. That I was just going to mention the NAPLAN results, and I was going to say, to me, that's saying that kids have had a bit more one-on-one a bit more someone going oh I can see that you're actually missing that um this is how we fix it exactly and also that it's actually okay for me to say I don't get this because I've I've missed I've missed half a year of school of course I don't get it we're going right back to growth mindset (laughs) that we really have to get 
it out there that it's okay to say you don't yes, understand. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. I think part of that too, it, how it happened in, in the homes, is that it's okay to have a meltdown in front of your mum or dad yep. and say, I've got no idea what that woman's talking about or that man <laughs> is talking about. So parents are actually identifying that there's a problem before parent-teacher interview. Kids are great at, at masking their yeah. difficulties and often it's masked behind um, problematic behaviour. Yes. And mm. so I'll talk to you at a parent-teacher interview and say your child you know, isn't behaving in class and is failing. But is mm. the, their, their behaviour might be because they've got no idea That's what's right. going on. They're masking it by this, oh, this bad behaviour. It's much cooler to be misbehaved than it is to be... A dunce. Yeah. That's and I right. realise dunce is not a um, not a correct word. It's, it's not a term we it. actually use in teaching. <laughs> but um, yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. All right. So, how does one go about accessing the, the program? How do you identify that your child needs it? Okay. So, most schools have embraced it with both arms. What has happened in my school, and I'm really not 100% across what's happening in every school, but I can tell you what happens in, in my school. The teachers have identified the kids that could really do with some extra tutoring. Yeah. Now, most of these kids, COVID hasn't caused them to get behind. They were always behind. They were always struggling with, with maths or whatever, and COVID's just exacerbated the problem. Yeah. And so this tutor learning initiative is actually just a, a great chance for them to get better. So in this case, these kids have been identified. They are being helped in class. So I go and I make sure that I see these students. The ones that I have, I feel like I've helped the most though, are the ones whose parents have contacted the school and said they're struggling and they just need a little bit of help with something or that the child has actually identified that they need some help because then what's happened is that I've been contacted and I can then go into their classroom and work with them either in the classroom sometimes I work outside the class with them and can identify the issues very very quickly now I'll give you an example a year seven student who was identified as very high in English and they were being put into the acceleration program but she was worried because she felt like she was behind in maths and by being put into the English acceleration program she was going to get even further behind in maths and I did the assessment for common misunderstandings and I'll put the link in the podcast notes I've talked about it many times I found that she had basically no idea of place value. She wasn't too bad in the the whole numbers, but decimals. So, for example, I said, which one's bigger, 0.175 or 0.9? And Mm. she said 0.175. So she has got more numbers. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) She had the longest, larger misconception. Mm. And so it only took an hour working with her and all of a sudden that misconception was gone and she understood that each value as you went to the left was 10 times bigger than that value to the right. Mm. Now that's 
sounds like nothing to us, but that's huge in their understanding. And when you start to think about the the little tricks that we use, you know, moving the decimal point, Mm. you know, when we're multiplying by 10, well, actually we're not moving the decimal point, we're moving the whole number. But it actually means something. Yeah, it actually means (laughs) something. So hopefully she's sort of starting to understand. That was an hour's work. Well, from a, a lay person's perspective, I just know how good that girl felt. I remember the day I understood long division many, many years ago. And, you know, I feel joy for that girl, Mm. for your hour's work. Mm. And I'll tell you what, as a teacher, you know, it's why you get into the game. You're not in it for the money, believe me. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's why I love the tutoring so much because you get these rewards that that you just don't always get. Make make a a difference often. Yeah. Yeah. With, different, and, with many people, yeah, it's that's great. right. And a difference that you can see. Oh, yeah. Straight away. I read a lot of research into education and I, I can diagnose very quickly. I know exactly where to go to get the diagnostic tools and the Victorian government site is fantastic. The assessments for common misunderstandings are on the, the Victorian government site and they have a tutor initiative site where you can go and get all these tools as a, as a tutor mm-hmm. and you can go as a teacher too. I mean, look, you could go as a parent but why why bother speak to your child's teacher um can i just ask is this just in government schools or is it available in private schools it's been available to all schools i believe i'm in a government school but i do believe that there is money available to all schools how they spend it may be different some schools uh, they've spread it pretty thin and you know, I firmly believe, and, you know, maybe it's just the, the bias that I have, that a an experienced, qualified teacher is going to be far more value, but they're also far more expensive mm. than a first, second year student. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I know that in the government schools that it's being used very much with um, experienced teachers and often retired teachers that are coming back. So it would not be unreasonable for a parent with a child at a private school to contact the school and say, do you have this tutor learning initiative and how does it work? Yep. I would say absolutely. Oh, and, and children at government schools. Yeah, too. absolutely. And how, do, how does my child get a How does my child get yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Look, we, we've certainly identified the kids that could benefit from it. Um, not every parent wants their child involved. Not every child wants to be involved. Why not work with the kids that really want to be involved? Yeah. Going right back to the beginning, tutors cost a lot of money. And mm. if you can get someone at school who is being paid by the government to do that job. And that is also going to make a difference to the school. The way that I'm thinking, this girl now, I think she tested it somewhere like level four in NAPLAN when she was in year seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, So I'm thinking by the time she yeah. gets to year nine, she's going to show some enormous growth. They all want their NAPLAN scores up. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, um, you said tutoring was expensive. Mm. If you're going private tutoring, which... I kind of almost think, why would you at the moment if you've got access to this other one? But if your child doesn't qualify, how do you get a private tutor? Is there a, a good, the best way to do it? How much do you um, pay for it? Yeah. What's the deal? Give me the lowdown on private tutoring, Leanne. You're asking how long is a piece of string. For a start, it's really hard to find a good private tutor. I guess you get what you pay for. If you want a qualified, experienced teacher, teachers are busy. 
really busy and they don't despite despite the fact that they don't pay us enough we still don't tend to have time to take on private students some do and as far as I'm concerned a qualified experienced teacher is your best bet yeah you are looking at around about the hundred dollars an hour if you're Mm. talking senior Look, I'm thinking maybe 70 in in junior, and that's for qualified experienced teachers. I always think uni students don't have the teaching skills. They might know how to do maths, but they don't necessarily know how to teach maths. And just because you were good at maths, just because you got a good mark in year 12, doesn't mean that you know how to teach it. I think that the experience that I've had is basically the, the more naturally good you are at something, the less well you teach it to somebody who doesn't understand it that has been my life experience that's the the (laughs) tommy hafey kevin sheedy think about their their coaching compared to say tim watson who is a naturally gifted player Mm. sure he got a bunch of duds at st kilda but (laughs) it's hard to understand why you don't understand exactly this yeah this is this is basic yeah you know why why don't you understand it so Mm. Mm. yeah and they probably wouldn't even a uni student wouldn't know about access to all these things that you're talking about no no the assessments and no they know they know a lot of the tricks and and you know they they can help but i really do think that for the extra 20 30 dollars an hour if you're going to pay that much you're probably Mm. best to get a teacher now it is hard word of mouth is pretty much the only way maybe you could try your child's school sometimes you see them advertised you know dance supermarkets and that sort of thing but always check the qualifications and don't just go with someone because you want a tutor Mm. You, you need to find the right one. It is, it is not easy. Mm. I just want to add here, you need to be really careful of tutoring companies too. I'm sure some are extremely reputable and are fine, but I have heard stories of the fact that they ask uni students or, you know, a lot of people that they employ to tutor in areas where they're just not competent. And you're not paying any less for these people. The tutors aren't getting all the money. It's the companies that are getting it. So I believe that you probably should go with a private tutor or at least do a lot of research into the company and the tutors that you are employing. Unfortunately, it's an unregulated industry and so we have to do our own research. The last thing that I wanted to talk about is more directed towards teachers. I think we've we've very much directed it towards parents, which I don't apologize for. Teachers pass this on to parents, but I want to talk about those of you that happen to have a tutor in your classroom and how you can best make use of them. A really good way would be to identify small groups of students that maybe are missing something. Something that I've found in, say, my year 10 classes is that you get groups of students that don't know about transposing equations. Ah, transposing <laughs> equations, yes. Yep. I remember it well. Yeah. So basically solving for X, you know. Yeah. Um, I do remember that yeah, well. <laughs> that's right. And that's year eight, doing the same to both sides. And, and changing sides, change the signs. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, so, Mr. Donahue. <laughs> don't tell me rote learning doesn't work. <laughs> 
there are some very basic things that students have missed out on. So something like transposing equations, something like some of the place value work, things like multiplying by 10. I worked with a group of year eights the other day that had to solve something like 97 plus 29. And I said to them, how do you solve that? They didn't have the calculator with them. And so I said, well, 97 plus 29, look at those two numbers. Isn't 97 plus 29 the same as 100 plus 26? And I showed them, you know, let's just drop that three over from that side, 126. Mm-hmm. They had never been taught mm-hmm. that, or they, they might have been taught. <laughs> Far be it from me to suggest that they haven't been taught something. But that's something I've had to explain yeah. to, to my, um, I don't know, she's in year 11 now, but probably at around about the year nine mark. Yep. And she came out of it quite impressed with my mathematical knowledge. Yeah. And, and it's amazing. They they learn friends of 10 and all that sort of thing in primary school. And then it's this classic, we've done the test, now That's we move on. Exactly right. Whereas in maths, everything builds on everything else. And this it's called relational thinking, that relationship between one side of the equation and the other. What can I do with this to make it easier for me these year eights give me some more miss give me some more and Mm. I just kept throwing these things at them and they were just pumping them out in the end these were disengaged students and I just thought fantastic yeah and I just thought I've given them a hook into it and now when they go back to the class they actually feel more empowered. Mm. So as... They won't see everything as, as exactly, a difficulty. Exactly. Their, their poor teacher didn't know that they didn't know that. And why would they? Their teacher hasn't assessed them for that. You know, it's not something so that So it's we do. not standard to do these... What you, what was the what did you call it the what the relational the thinking on, no the assessment oh, the, oh, on what you assessment for common misunderstandings that's it I mean to me that sounds like something you should do at the beginning of every year and probably halfway through and at the end as no. well no Paul that's not how it works <laughs> what we tend to do at the beginning of the year we do something like a pat maths test or something that tells us where they started now good teachers these days at the beginning of a unit, we'll do some sort of pre-assessment to yeah. see where the student is. Formative testing, I believe they call it. <laughs> well done. I'll... I've learned something. <laughs> Formative is any sort of assessment that assessment for learning. That yeah. is, and then at the end we have summative assessment, which is what have I, what do I now know after the whole sum of all of this stuff that we've done. Mm. So they'll do some sort of pre-assessment. They'll do formative assessment all the way through. So your assignments and things like that. And then that summative is also a bit of formative because we want to know, well, what else the student need to know? So my suggestion for teachers is to get the tutors to work with the students to identify those things that they've missed out on maybe years ago, you know, they might need to run through negative numbers or some really basic sort of stuff and get your tutors to run a small group. And it might be, you might have a a kid in your group who's actually really good, but needs a bit of help with something. Get your tutors to do it. You haven't got time to be doing that sort of stuff. The tutors are trained teachers, so they can actually prepare a 
a little mini class on whatever. You know, I've got mini classes on decimals. I've got mini classes on fractions. I've got mini classes on relational thinking, all of those sorts of things. And you can find them all on the AMSI website. Teachers, get your tutors to work with those kids that maybe just need a little bit of help in areas that have gone back in the curriculum. Kind of sounds like it could almost be a very exciting time post-COVID with tutoring's initiative. I can see that kids like mine who did, you know, I can see they've missed bits and pieces here and there. To have someone who can come mopping up yep. behind them and to to give them that, you know, that confidence to take it at higher levels because they've had someone, someone mm. going, oh, you don't know this. Yep. Okay, we can do that. It actually sounds like it could be quite an exciting time for maths. Yep. And as we said before, that ability to say, oh, well, with COVID, I, you know, I missed yes. out on a few things. Yeah, you know, that's right. Really, maybe it's not COVID. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. COVID's well, a great excuse, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, hopefully the Naplan results will continue to uh, to improve, and that you guys, as teachers, can argue, look how well we did with with extra tutoring, yes. with people who know what they're doing, teaching, picking up the slack and each of the the schools even after all this is gone because I'm sure the government won't keep it forever (laughs) but the schools will value it yeah from a parent's point of view with with children that aren't that good at putting their hand up and asking for help Mm. I can see that it's going to be fantastic for them yeah and bring bring kids that you know average up to maybe move the whole of average up. That's what we'd really like. And, of course, that's what we're really aiming for with our PISA and TIMS results. We're really looking at making Australia move back up. Lots of politicians and people with far larger salaries than I have trying to work out how to do it. We need some great minds. There are some fairly huge problems in the world that we need great minds to solve. And we're not going to get great mathematical minds without actually extending them. I'd like to thank you, Paula, for coming to visit us today. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's good to know what you do. Good to know what you're up to. And when you say, no, I can't come out for coffee, I have to work. All of the resources that we've spoken about are available on the AMSI Calculate website, calculate.org.au. Please come to our new Facebook page, Maths Talk by AMSI Schools and join in the conversation. I'd love to hear from you with any suggestions, queries, concerns, any topics that you'd like us to broach on our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us. Bye.